Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Please be seated. Well, should I preach on vanity or greed? Two delightful topics for a beautiful Sunday morning. Well, now that I have you all on the edge of your seats, let's look at our scriptures again. In Luke, one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. These, of course, are Jesus' words in today's gospel, and they both ring true. They even cause us to wrestle with what does this mean for each of us. We know instinctively that our own worth and the value of each person is not linked to what we possess. But who are we? The temptation remains and creeps in. Am I my possessions? Am I what I have earned? Am I my job? So Jesus tells this parable. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body is more than clothing. These are verses that follow what we heard this morning. He invites us to consider the ravens of the field. You see, I had a very wise professor one time who said, Now, the gospel pericopies are given to us for reading on Sunday morning in the lectionary. However, you may not shorten it, but you may lengthen it. This was Reginald Fuller, New Testament professor at Virginia Seminary, who many of you may remember, and whose books are well known still to this day. And so, in my reading of our Gospel today, I didn't stop at possessions. I went on to verse 22, which I just quoted to you. Verses 22 through 31 are very familiar, and what we often just refer to in shorthand as the lilies of the field. You will neither toil nor spin. Just like the lilies of the field, God will take care of you. You will have more than you need. And then Jesus invites us to consider even ravens. Instead of striving for God's kingdom, the rich man strove for his own kingdom. But when Jesus speaks to his disciples, he lifts up this parable of greed, if you will. And then he says to the disciples, but I tell you, look. Look at a different way. So when we take the center section of this 12th chapter of John, we see that Jesus is teaching about balance. He's showing extremes and saying to his disciples, find the way. And in another gospel, Jesus says clearly, I am the way. Our reading from Colossians offers us insight into what frames our understanding of our life. Where is our real life? 
Paul reminds us, set your minds on things that are above, not on things on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. In Galatians, it is, it emphasizes this again. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female. Our real life is in Christ. Our hope then, and what we want to dig into this morning, is that our Christian life will lead us to become one with Christ. That we will find that balance that we need. A thought on possessions is that while we have many things, it is the way we hold them that makes the difference. If we hold them lightly, that is, we can separate ourselves from them, recognizing that they are finite, and that the joy they give is finite. Just a time limited. But we are on the way to allowing the space in our hearts to be given over to Christ, which is a joy that is not found. The phrase from Paul, our life is hidden with Christ in God, intrigues me. I greatly admire those holy men and women who through the centuries have left a remarkable witness of living lives truly hidden with Christ in God. For a time, I understood this to mean monastics and hermits, people who left everything and literally were hidden from view. If you wanted to speak to a hermit, you had to go straight into the desert and find this person. What I've learned is that as I've sought to live a faithful Christian life, and as I have encountered wonderful people like you, Truly, all of us, in some way, are living a life hidden with Christ in God. It surfaces, this whole idea surfaces in the writings of the Anglican divines and poets of the 17th and 18th centuries, but also in the work of modern mystics like Evelyn Underhill. In Underhill's book, Life as Prayer, she recounts a story about a Dr. James Martineau, a great Unitarian divine. In this story, a young, intelligent, and earnest American comes to seek Dr. Martineau's advice. The American had no belief except that religion was a mischievous illusion. However, he had become uneasy with his belief. Dr. Martineau told the young person that he would need a year to come to a better understanding. First, he was to spend six months among the simple, slow-minded, narrow, even superstitious peasants brought up in practicing a, a, a rigorous, traditional faith, sharing their lives as intimately as he could. Then he was to go for six months to alert cultured, modern intellectuals who had given up on and despised all church and religion. After these experiences, the American returned to Dr. Martineau, who asked, what did the peasants know 
how, uh, what did the peasants know of how to meet the deep realities of birth and death, love, suffering, and sin? The American responded, everything. The response to the same question, when applied among the delightful, intelligent, keen-witted people, was they were helpless. No food. No inwardness. This little story rings true to my experience of the humblest people I have known. Once upon a time, Gordon Cosby, the founder of the Church of the Savior in Washington, again, maybe known to some of you, said to me, Rosemary, what makes a difference in my life and what needs to make a difference in yours is that each and every day you have contact with the poorest of the poor. They will be your teachers. Whether I'm in Port-au-Prince or with families in Arlington, the, in the Arlington, Virginia shelter, these people of faith teach me a great deal about what matters in this life. And I am sure each of you can testify to similar experiences. Paul reminds us of this and other passages in this and other passages that Christ is the great equalizing factor. There is no longer Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, and so forth. But Christ is all in all. And that is really what our gospel leads us to today, at least I hope leads us to understand that it is not really just about possessions. It is how we hold our life and how we see Christ in everything, in our homes, in our communities, and how we come to God and say, help me to be more Christ-like, and how we see that in so many, and how we're drawn to that and allow ourselves to live in this way, to seek balance. And in that, we find the true joy. We, know, we begin to know, begin to feel, we begin to sense more of God in God's creation. One of my, well, I think I have so many favorite hymns that we shouldn't listen. Well, one of my favorites is the Aaron Copeland, just a gift to be simple. We have it in our hand. And we know these words, just the gift to be simple, just the gift to be free, just the gift to come down where we want to be. And when we find ourselves in a place just right, it will be in the valley of love and delight. When true simplicity is gained, to bow, to bend, we shan't be ashamed. To turn, turn will be our delight, till by turning, turning will we come round right. Turning toward Christ, living in Christ, are the constants in our quest to fully realize that Christ is all in all.